The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Voice America welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now, here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, everybody, and happy post-July 4th. We're in the midst of summertime now, it seems. Um, with me today, I have a friend and colleague and crisis analyst by the name of Glenn Ebersall. Um, Glenn, welcome back to the show. Hey, good morning, Cindy. We have a lot to talk about. Now, you know, for my audience, you've been on the show a couple of times. Um, clarify for me, you are an executive recruiter that does crisis management. Why don't you tell everybody what you do? Yeah, actually, excuse me, actually I'm a management consultant, and I do crisis communications uh, planning as well as consulting, along with uh, a number of other things. But since the focus is today, the, uh, the work I've done is in uh, helping companies prepare crisis communication plans and also uh, when they are in a uh, crisis mode to also act as an advisor to them. Well, I think that as a management consultant, and sorry I got the human resource stuff all um, you know, mixed up, since you are um, you know, a management consultant, I think that the best thing to do is always prepare um, corporations and clients for risk and potential crisis. I mean, because that's always going to happen, whether it's small, medium, or large. Am I correct? That's correct. Uh, what I find uh, over the years is that most of them are not prepared, and uh, what we try to do is convince them that they need to think about this and to be proactive and be prepared so that in the event that something happens, uh, they will be in a much better situation and position to deal with it. No, I, and I think that's a very, very good thing to do. A lot of people will ask me, um, you know, so how do you prepare a company for a crisis? And I have to go through a whole thing that people have never even thought about, like what is the company, you know, what is their foundation? What is their, what are they all about? What is their mission statement? And... You know, what is their history, and are there any blemishes that need to be cleared, and what is their reputation, and how do they manage their reputation? And with the Internet um, as an overlay to what people had to do in the past, it makes it so much more complicated and really necessary for crisis preparation and risk management, don't you think? Absolutely, and what you were saying there about reputation, I think if we look at that as sort of the overriding thing, what is your image and reputation? And on a day-in and day-out basis, um, that's at risk, and you can either be enhancing it or it can be subject to you know, being uh, deteriorated, and especially in crises. And so that with that as the backdrop and remembering what your core values are and that a crisis is actually an opportunity for you to reinforce a very strong, positive image. 
so it becomes even more important to be prepared because there's some folks that uh, came out of a crisis and actually their image uh, was higher and more positive than it was before the image. And unfortunately, I'm sure you know this also, Cindy, that so many people think, well, it won't happen to us. It's always someone else. It's always someone else. Well, I think people, what I found actually is because of the Internet and because of social media and because of these platforms that can, you know, publicly mar a reputation, even though they might not have, they're a vocal minority, they're still a public platform, I think that that's really um, expedited the need and awareness of people to be more more prepared with their core values because the minute that somebody says something not so great about somebody on Google, they're finding that you can't just simply sue and shut it down because Google is simply a platform and there's no responsibility. They're neutral. Or any of these new sites that are popping up like Rate Your Boss or whatever it might be. Um, So that is really... um, sort of maximizing the urgency of people being concerned about what people might say about them. Conventional wisdom is, well, if somebody says something bad about me, that's defamation of character, and I'll just sue them, particularly in the law world. Right. I agree with what you've uh, said there about I believe that actually the social media and the expansion of the use of the Internet in various ways has heightened awareness. And maybe that was a, a good thing to get people to be more prepared because now in an instant, you know, if something really goes viral, literally any, anybody in the world that has access to the Internet can know about it. Oh, it's exactly right, and that's why it's very, very interesting times. Can you give us some examples, Glenn, of some of the companies that were prepared with core values and a strong foundation of trust and good mission statements that may have come out of a crisis better than they were in the first place? Well, I, you know, the the one that I always thought was a textbook example uh, was, you know, the Johnson and Johnson. And of course, that's that's a you know that's happened some time ago, uh, but I still I still think it's one of the classics where. You know, they uh, pulled all the Tylenol off the shelf when they had that, and, and they had an image, and they had, of course, uh, the public safety and public health was uh, paramount in their minds, and, and so that was one. I guess that um, more recently um, there, there was uh, something that happened here more locally where, again, as soon as there was any kind of issue, and this had to do with some, some food, uh, that, you know, we're not going to make any excuses. We are immediately going to implement a plan that says you, you stop taking any raw product from this one source and you start tracking where the problem came from and, and immediately doing something, you know, about it. And so, again, they had something in place, Cindy, where as soon as they were notified that there was a problem, uh, people knew what to do. They weren't scrambling around wondering, well, gee, should we pull the product? Should we stop using raw materials from this, this one source? How do we get the, the word out? And again, they used the, uh, the media, you know, electronic media as well as the social media to get the word out uh, to people. Well, I think that a better known example perhaps might be Domino's Pizza. Um, they, be, you know, they had an incident about, I don't know, I guess in 2009, right? And you remember the incident where yeah. some of their employees were putting disgusting things in food. And, right. Um, unbeknownst to um, Domino's Pizza, 
um, you know, this went up on YouTube. So all of a sudden they're flooded with complaints about this viral thing of sophomoric, you know, body fluids being placed in food, right. and that really could have been a disaster. I mean, it was almost a disaster, but I think that Domino's Pizza came out of it okay because they had such strong core values. I mean, they were a company that really had an unmarred reputation um, with family values and delivering on time and making people happy and being involved with the community and all of that kind of stuff. And quite frankly, when we think of Domino's Pizza, I think that most people in the public are really going to forget and forgive that and probably don't even know what happened. Um, you go to other companies that didn't have these strong core values and they're still you know, very, very negatively perceived. For example, BP. Um, you know, they have a history of problems. What people don't know who aren't in the crisis management business is that BP did not have really great core values. They had a lot of problems in terms of, you know, violating regulation and always botching it up and never coming forward. I mean, this has gone on, you know, for, you know, for years for already, years, particularly, right. you know, in terms of the United States and United States regulation. Yeah. So it was very, very hard for them to come out of this when they didn't have strong core values and a strong foundation with strong mission statements. I mean, they were just caught off guard and just kept on handling it more and more terribly. <laughs> right. You're, you're right. And they, I think that's the time when you can tell that if there's not a culture of openness, of honesty and integrity, where people can feel safe uh, in sharing when there's uh, some kind of violation or safety risk or so forth, uh, when that's not uh, encouraged and rewarded, then you have what happens at BP. Where you have other things, and I'm, I'm thinking of one of the folks that uh, I'm dealing with now, they had an employee at a location that brought to the management's attention that, you know, here's some possible safety hazards, violations, and so forth, and, and they acted on it. In too many cultures, though, Cindy, they'll say, well, I don't want to say that because, first of all, management doesn't want to hear it. It may cost us some money or so forth. But where it's encouraged to say, you know, you have to step forward and we need to make you feel safe that you can share this without fear of retribution. Well, I mean, it's, you know, they, they can no longer fear. Again, you know, the Internet has made everybody a public figure. Exactly. And, you know, everybody is vulnerable. It used to be in the past where people had the luxury of being closed-mouthed and to themselves that they wanted to be. But, you know, now they can't because of Yelp and, you know, all of these public platforms. Right, and, that, um, that's been taken away. That you know, so it's, it's just very, very interesting. I, you know, I just, we're going to, you're going to be a guest on the show with me, you know, um, for, for many segments, so we'll have a lot to talk about, Glenn. Um, but I, I, you know, there, there's just so many examples and recent examples of how the Internet can really destroy reputation in one New York minute. We um, we know about Wienergate. Yes, <laughs> I, I think that's a really pretty good example of why one well, why one has to be very careful about what they do publicly because the evidence is you know you you can't refute it. I mean it's right there. I mean that's if right. you are you know if you're exposing yourself to the world, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> you know there's no way that you could lie about it. There's no way you could walk away with it because. There's no denying that it's you, right? Exactly. And so. people need to, you know, I, I don't think anyone can say it enough, Cindy, that they need to realize that 
Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and all the others, this is a public communication tool. And I, I forget the exact quote, but somebody says, you know, uh, if you whisper something on the Internet, everyone hears it. Yeah, no, I, I actually really like that a lot. I mean, and I, and I think what goes back to core values is honesty, too. Um, you know, if you, mistakes happen, crises happen, things go wrong, mm-hmm. don't try to cover it up, really, particularly publicly. I mean, because right. there's so many resources to tear you down. And, um, you know, I think that, unfortunately, Wiener had to learn that the hard way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so did, so did Tiger Woods, and so did Toyota. And you and I have talked about before that in the Toyota situation, you're dealing with the Japanese culture, which, which is generally very secretive and all of that kind of stuff. Boy, they must really hate the Internet. <laughs> well, and we've seen, you know, in some of the other, other countries where, you know, when there's things that start happening, they try to shut down the access. Because if we look at what's happened into the, in the world because of Facebook and Twitter and all that, that allow people that have access to know what's really going on and to communicate with one another, we just have to look at another part of the world and see what's happened. No, well, I think that's very, very true. But, um, you know, it's interesting, I, you know, we're going to have to come to a break soon, but in our next segment, we really can talk about, you know, world events and what happened in the Middle East and how social media really became a huge component in that. Right. Um, it's, you know, you know, with Iran and Iraq and, you know, everything that happened in all of the desert countries. I mean, right. you know, I mean, that's really extraordinary and historical, and I don't know if it would have happened quite the same way if there wasn't a social media component, and I'd really like to talk about that in the next segment. We have to come to an end of this segment, Glenn, so I want everybody to stand by, come hear more about crisis management with Glenn Embersall. Don't go away. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. 
Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com welcome back to stars of pr with cindy r if you have a question or comment, call in at 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back with Glenn Ebersol, and we're talking about crisis management. And, Glenn, you call yourself the prescription doctor? The PR doctor, yes. The PR prescription doctor. The PR right. doctor. Okay, right, well. right. The prescriptions for healthy media relations. Well, there you go, which um, a lot of people can use a little bit more of, I think. Um, you know, tell me um, what you think about the series of events that had taken place in terms of unrest in, you know, the Middle Eastern part of the world. I, you know, it started a couple of years ago, really, um, when there were protests in Iran, which is separate and apart from what happened in, you know, Egypt, in, in right. Egypt, and more recent events. Um, give me your point of view. Well, I think just like you know the PC. Uh, the invention of the PC changed the world. I think that social media is another one of those watershed moments, uh, the use of that that's changed the world. Where, yes, we've seen protests before, and these very tight-fisted governments had more control because they controlled access to information to these people. They tro- controlled access to their, where they could gather, uh, and they really had a lot of, quote, control. Now, all of a sudden... People have access to the social media phenomena, and they don't even have to physically be in the same place, and they can get information out. They can hear from one another what's going on, and they can really rally a group of people to show up at a, at a location really on a very, very short short notice. So the impact of the access to the information, being able to share the information and network with one another and really being able to just share their feelings, uh, this, is, this is a just world-changing uh, you know, phenomena, which we're really seeing played out on the world stage of places like Egypt. I mean, that just not, would not have occurred if it hadn't been for the social media and the attention that it got around the world. So I think this is just a, I think it's the beginning uh, of, of things that we'll see more and more in not only the Middle East, but maybe in some of the other uh, third world countries as they get access to oh, the Internet. Yeah, well, there's a, the, you know, the big um, X variable or unknown is China, because right. China is the one country, I mean, and, you know, North Korea too, of course, that, you know, really seems to have firewalls that are strong enough to really regulate and prevent um the you know the regular joe right from you know doing anything that might you know threaten or 
have any kind of impact on their government power structure. So, you know, the more that I see things happen in Egypt and, you know, et cetera, you know, the more tight I see China becoming. And I've spent some time in China, and it's really no joke. I mean, they show you what news they want you to see, and you cannot get access. It's very, very difficult to get access unless you're a hacker to the news as most of the, you know, the Western world perceives it and receives it. So, um, you know, you're not what, CNN China is not giving you the same <laughs> feeds that CNN anywhere else in the world is giving you. Yeah. And it's really quite frightening. So uh, my, you know, my fear is, is that China is just going to continue to work on, you know, tightening the reins. That's their number one objective yeah. so that, you know, because they're too big and they're too powerful and they're too rich, I mean, government-wise. Right. Um, to allow an Egypt to ever happen anywhere there. And when there are outbreaks here and there in, you know, specific cities, they cover it up really quickly and really successfully. Right. I think that's, that is the biggest one that's out there right now, and, and we've seen time and time again where they've shut down the access, and I know Google has had lots of battles there to, uh, you know, try to get them. And, of course, they tr- people try to bring world pressure on the on the Chinese government to to not do that, but yes, they've seen what can happen. Uh, so I'm sure they're anxious, uh, and they're going to do as much as they can to be able to control that access in the future. Because if the people do get the access, and of course there's going to be, like you said, the hackers is a good example, or other organizations that are over there that, quite frankly, do it at great risk to provide access to people that they're working with uh, through various organizations uh, to let these people know this is really what's going on out there. Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, it's, that's really, again, what I call, you know, the big X variable because I can't say that what applies to the rest of the world applies to China. However, um, knowing technology as I do, um, I'm wondering if technology will prevail. Eventually, well, we, we just in our lifetime just think of the leaps in technology. So I guess I said I I would be on the side of saying it would not surprise me that technology prevails. Yeah, I mean, somebody will figure out something. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean I I think that again the Chinese government is very 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 strong mm-hmm. um, and very smart and they know enough about technology to block anything that they might fear. So, you know, but technology is a very, very powerful thing. And, um, you know, it, I think that what can override protection um, is probably more powerful than, you know, fantastic, powerful protection. And, you know, I think that China is the example of that. So it will be interesting to see. Well, with technology and the access to the Internet now, really the world is at people's doorsteps now. <laughs> it really is. We're, we're so connected uh, with one another now, and one, one thing happens, and just a, one event that happens somewhere in the world that now we learn about it instantaneously, where in the past, it, you know, before uh, a lot of the communication, so it may have taken a week or a month or much longer. Now it is truly almost in real time that once it happens, people know, and the, uh, the impacts start playing out, the what-ifs. Well, I, I think that's very, very true. Now, do you advise your clients, Glenn, to do a Google search on themselves? 
Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, to see what's out there, and I know I do that, you know, not, not every day, but it just is, it also provides some really interesting information about some of the other uh, places that are, uh, you know, accessing or finding out about you. There's something called Giga Alert, and we may have talked about that before, but it's a means, and it is free, that you can put in your name or you can put in topics or whatever, and you will get emails back uh, when that appears in the top 50 of any Google search. And so it gives you an idea of, well, for instance, you know, if you've, uh, you know, written articles and that, who's looking at these articles or where they're showing up and uh, also what's being said about you by, you know, other people. So, yes, to do that kind of research absolutely is a great, great piece of advice. Well, the other thing that I think that really um, is good collateral and good ammunition for crisis management counselors is the fact that if there is something that somebody said that, you know, might be damaging in some way, if there's more good than bad, it's easy to really bury that at the bottom. Well, and to be proactive about it and to bring it up in the way that you decide you're going to bring it up uh, so that you can help diffuse that uh, that you, when you bring it up, then the person that's waiting there, that you know, the the sandbagger, as we call them, waiting to pounce on you with this to try to catch you or blindside you. If you bring it out in a way that you'd like to manage it, uh, that's a much better situation than hoping it won't be brought up. And again, burying it in or putting it in with something else so that uh, the impact of it is diminished. That's a, that's also a very good uh, good tip. Absolutely. I want to talk about natural disasters a little bit. Um, you know, Katrina, we know, was a nightmare in terms of, I mean, it was a nightmare anyway in terms of the impact of the storm, um, but we know that it was not handled, you know, ideally in terms of communication response. Right. And um, I have to say that it seems to me that the, that people have become more aware, um, you know, of how to respond to natural disasters or, you know, um, or, you know, horrifying news like attempted assassinations and stuff like that. You know, I, you know what happened in Arizona was mm-hmm. just horrible. But when evaluating the crisis response, mm-hmm. it couldn't have been done better. Exactly. That's an excellent example. And all this has brought this heightened awareness and that they know that there's tools out there to get this out. And if people have thought about it, you know, and these kind of disasters, they're further ahead. I think that where the risk lies now, some of the things I've been reading about and also in, in talking with my clients is that a lot of these places, yes, they've learned lessons from Katrina and other places, and we see as our population continues to increase, and we put a lot of people in areas where there are tsunamis, where there are now more and more tornadoes, which just blows me away that, you know, growing up and, and in most of my adult life, you heard of some tornadoes, but now you're hearing about them regularly. They're even touching down in some cities. Uh, we're seeing the devastation, and it's because we're putting people in areas where we know these things are going to occur eventually. And over time, they've occurred in the past, but they weren't populated areas, so it wasn't as, as a big of a uh, disaster. But what's happened is there were so many more people, and if they want to try to evacuate somebody, if there's a warning, 
They haven't updated the plan, Cindy. That's the concern. There's more people now to alert, to evacuate, and there's not been an update. So I think one of the one of the issues now is they've got to update these plans, and also they've got to be thinking ahead. You know, should we be placing more and more people and more and more buildings in some of these areas that we know are very prone uh, to a potential natural natural disaster? Yeah, no, I and I and I, but I think I think that's very true. So in these devastating events, I think some lessons were learned because we see that again the response is really much better. Um, and I and I really applaud that because you know, uh, you know we we seem to have a lot of these lately, as you mentioned. Right. I mean, yeah. You know, and, and flooding, the next, flooding, all this flooding that's in the central part of the uh, tornadoes, flooding, and in the next segment, I really want to talk about how you know some people really um, exploited this and mm-hmm. reaped the benefits of getting their own press out when we had the whole rapture situation, because I think that was fascinating yes. um, in terms of exploiting a situation and trying to make something of it. And, you know, now there's no credibility to it because we know that nothing really happened. But, right. you know, I, a, a brilliant PR attempt, I think, by the people behind rapture. <laughs> Um, you know, a lot of free publicity. There was a lot of free publicity for sure. Um, we have a couple of more minutes left to this segment, so you know, in wrapping up, why don't we give your website a plug, Glenn? Oh well, thank you. The uh, website is www.lmaconsulting.dot and it's cc.cc. Okay, well, LMA Consulting, if you want to get prepared for any of these events that might happen, large or small. Um, anyway, um, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back after this segment, so stand by, don't go away. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At BR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. BR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of BR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.brpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. BR Public Relations. We do it all. www.brpublicrelations.com. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling. 
whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call 866-472-5788. Let's get back to Stars of PR. Here's the host and CEO of PR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. We're back and we're with Glenn Ebersol. And if you've missed the first two segments of this show, I think that you should go back because we're living in a world where everybody's vulnerable to a crisis large or small, or an incident, and I think that the first two segments of the show can be quite educational about um, increased risk um, vulnerability and how it's easy to really prepare yourself for almost anything that's going to happen. So um, do go back. Glenn, in the last segment, I mentioned the whole rapture thing. Now, that was an interesting use of PR exploitation, wasn't it? Exactly, and I'd say exploitation in all capital letters, without a doubt. You know, you said people are vulnerable. You know, we know the world's changed, and one of the things that you know I think we can we can look at and say, you know, the impact of of social media and of the internet today. Information now moves faster than ever, and unfortunately, that means correct and incorrect information moves faster than ever. And if somebody truly has their goal and their mission to exploit, uh, they can put out very incorrect information at a very fast pace. And that's where we're, we're at risk. And I think the rapture thing is one of those where this was, it took up so much time and people that got pulled into this. Uh, I mean, we had uh, examples of people that uh, we knew where their friends had, you know, sold their house and did these just mind-boggling things. Uh, and it was because they got tuned into this, and it was almost like 24-7. It was all about what's the update or this, what's happening, uh, what other information's out there. So absolutely, I think, a great exploitation uh, of people taking their money. Uh, I mean, this guy I read, he had over 100, 100 and some million dollars and that I believe he, he had uh, he either owned or something a couple hundred radio stations. Yeah, no, I, and, I, and I think that's correct. And people didn't necessarily know that. They just caught on to the fact that this is the day that the world was going to be coming to an end. And he had the perfect environment because, or the perfect storm, no pun intended, because yes. of the increased, you know, flooding and tornadoes. And, you know, it just, it just seems to be... A lot more of it, like you said, maybe a lot more awareness because of social media. So citizen journalists are out there talking about a lot more than they ever used to. But, God, there were some really devastating things that happened, you know, in the world and in our country from a natural disaster standpoint lately. Well, actually, on that day, Cindy, we, were, we attended a wedding. And uh, right before the reception, we were sitting just at a, at a table, and we, had, we were talking about this. And I had one of the questions that I raised to the, the persons, and one person that was sitting there happened to be the uh, minister that uh, had married the couple. And 
I said, well, you know, this thing about it was, you know, this Howard Camping was predicting 6 p.m. I said, well, what time zone was that? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I exactly. said, is this going to be like a rolling rapture? I mean, is it 6 o'clock in Australia and then it goes? Well, that's what happened on Twitter, too. I mean, we all had a lot of fun, and we were all kind of like, hey, it's uh, 6 a.m. in Paris, and I guess it's still there. <laughs> right. And, and I think that you were saying about the... This whole idea of getting out with the floods and all these other things, disasters that are happening, and people will use that to exploit this and say, this is proof, blah, 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 and they go on about it. And that's where part of this uh, discussion came up about, you know, there's been these disasters for many, many, many years. There's been earthquakes and all these things, but they were in less populated areas. Uh, people didn't, you know, and, and long, long time ago, you just didn't know about it. They still happened. Because we were sort of discussing, are they happening more frequently, or are we just more aware of it, and are they hitting in areas where now there's a real cause of damage because there's something there, whereas before it may have been some, you know, open space. Oh, right. Well, exactly right. It's, um, it's, it's all the super dissemination of information that right. just seems to be making things more um, visible to the masses, and it's really incredible, really incredible. I, you know, and I'm hoping, really, that this makes more people aware of things like national information management systems and resources that really are available through the government, because right. most people right. don't really know that in right. terms right. of their preparation. And um, in the book that we're writing, which is the Emergency Public Relations Manual, fourth mm-hmm. edition. Um, you know, we we really want to make everybody aware in municipalities, large and small, that these resources really are available. And I think you said everyone is is vulnerable. And I think our, you know, the municipalities here, you know, they're trying to cooperate with one another. And there's so many different things that have to tie in, including with the technology. And to have, you know, a single points, you know, these, these contact centers and so forth, and that they're getting the same information. You know, we, of course, in this area, we lived through TMI, and we saw the, the great dysfunction that was going on in, at first until a gentleman by the name of Harold Denton arrived on the scene, and he was, he was viewed and accepted as a credible spokesperson, and everything was funneled through him. And so we need to use the technology and to get out the same information to everyone so it's consistent. So always, you know, the, the rumor control things and how those get dispelled as quickly as possible, letting people know this is what's happened, this is what's going on, and this is what we're going to be doing to deal with this. And, and of course, you know, the, the 9-11 was an example where, um, you know, yes, there could have been some things done better, but they were keeping people informed and Rudy Giuliani did not take the bait to say, well, let's speculate and do this. They were, they were holding back on some things and saying, we will give you the information when we have it confirmed, especially when it had to do with uh, the victims. Well, I have to tell you something. It's interesting. With 911, um, social media really did not explode just as much yet. And Correct. You're right. And I think that it would be interesting to do an overlay, and I'm sure people have somewhere, somehow, mm-hmm of what the communication of information, um, the dissemination of information would be like um, had Twitter have been, you know, a popular platform um, or, you know, if social media 
had been as prevalent as it is today because it was really just pre-pre-social media explosion, right? You're right, and that's an excellent point because we think about on the planes, you know, the people that were calling their, their families on their cell phone. It was cell phone conversations, as I recall, not texting. Right. There were no citizen no, journalists that gave right. their point of view. And, you know, maybe that's really a good thing. Maybe there is some kind of divine intervention to make it so. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like, you know, if there, when we think of the worst of world disasters right. or current events that have happened at the end of the last century, um, you know, pre-millennium, um, you know, um, you, you when you think of everything that's post, you know, um, you know, nine one one. That's probably the biggest. Yeah. I, I agree with you, and I think you bring up such an interesting point. Because let's just say Facebook, Twitter, all that had been there. If they would have tweeted from those planes, and that went viral, you know, much faster. You know, who knows? What difference that may have made? Well, I, you know, I it's interesting. It's well, it's really, really interesting. You also have to think about it from the other side too. What may have leaked earlier yeah. from the planning phase right. of the people who planned nine one one? You know, it, it. You know, there could have been somebody on the inside that was really afraid of it happening, and you know. May have given some warnings for you. Right, had a stream of consciousness or something. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, I, I think that maybe Twitter might make the planning of such devastation a little tougher. It could, and when we learn about what all the information they, they found that bin Laden had and, you know, how they finally got to the person, you know, they were tracking and doing these other things, yes, there, there's so many ways to, to track and find things that you're right. I think at least that... Let's, let's say it improves the odds. That, it does. That maybe it's it's interesting. Detected. Very interesting. Right. But, um, well, you know, well, let's, you know, let's talk about some other basic things, Glenn. When you're meeting with management people, I, you know, I know that you consult in a lot of different areas of management, but crisis is really the number one thing. Yes. It's, uh, you know, right now with all that's been happening, and especially the last couple couple years with the you know the economy um, going into the into the tank, and um, just on what did, what does that mean from when we talk about crises? I mean, the crisis of uh, of their business, a survival, uh, the crisis of dealing with the the people and their family, and the impacts uh, you know on them, and to have some kind of of plan of how do you uh, communicate out to your stakeholders, to your customers, and to your vendors, and, and all the other people that you do business with, and that we know that some of these things that have occurred, again, with the technology, just glitches in technology, or hackers getting in and, and, and um, compromising the security of your, uh, your system, and what does that do relative to identity theft and all that? These are things that are really rising uh, much higher on the agenda than that they uh, would have in the past because of how rapidly the impacts can occur because of some hacker or some other kind of, we'll, we'll call it a crisis that happen that impacts the, the business and all the people that work there and all the people that have some kind of connection with them. So it's rising to the top of, of discussions and how do we use some good strategic thinking uh, to address this. 
Yeah, I think that's very true. Well, we have one more segment coming up, Glenn. I thought that I might have somebody else calling in, but it doesn't seem as if you did, so I hope you could manage to talk for another 10 minutes. I'm sure you can find something to say. You bet. <laughs> well, one of the other things here before, I guess we have one more, one more break coming up here. Right. Uh, that uh, I think that one of the things is that, you know, if, if we go back to the, the, the Twitter and the tweets, that, you know, now uh, I think that when people do tweet, if we really want them to, to have some credibility, that w- you have to provide some kind of information on what's the source of your information. If you and really I think want that's a very good idea. That. Let's talk a little bit more about that after this commercial okay. break. Stand by for more with Glenn Embersfall on Crisis Management. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At BR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. BR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of BR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.brpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. BR Public Relations. We do it all. www.brpublicrelations.com. Is your computer making your life easier or more of a headache? Are you using all of the tools to make your life more productive and less of a stress? You need to listen to the Microsoft Princess Insider with Melanie Goss, dubbed the Microsoft Princess. Melanie has been a certified expert in all things Microsoft since 1998, and her expertise will have you taking back control of your life and letting your computer handle the efficiency of day-to-day projects. The Microsoft Princess Insider airs live every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards then she can hang on her wall, including three Cleos. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. We're back in our last segment with Glenn Ebersall. And Glenn, why don't you talk about, bring up the subject of what you suggested at the end of the last segment. Okay, yeah, when uh, we were on during the break there, I jotted down a couple ideas, and one is about the use of, you know, Twitter and the other social media, and one of the uh, good things about it is also it gives us an opportunity uh, to correct misinformation during time of crises, and and I I look at some of the clients that I have that are larger that they may have a person actually dedicated uh, to be their social media coordinator or the person that's at the point for the use of uh, social media with them, and actually they are 
uh, every day tracking what's going on and checking, like you said earlier in the show, Cindy, about Googling their name and just checking what's out there. And also to look at uh, providing some guidelines and even where there's policies. Uh, one of our, our folks here helps write policies on the use of social media resources in, in companies. And I'm thinking about, you know, in responding to uh, critical incidents, and we have another part of the company that, that does critical incident response where they'll send people out to debrief uh, people that, uh, for example, at banks that there's been a robbery or something. And one of the things that's so important, and we see it in schools and colleges now as a result of some of the horrendous things that happened, you know, at Columbine and, and what happened down in uh, Virginia, that there needs to be some kind of one point of contact that when something happens, there's a network that can go out to anybody that has a cell phone or something else that lets them know what's happened, what's going on, and that this is a, a concept. It's sort of like there's something called one call that has to do with utility companies when there's going to be excavations so you can find out where these are and hopefully don't hit them. But to have that kind of concept on a local, regional, and national level so that when something occurs that with literally a click of a mouse, information can go out to a whole group of people that need to have that information and at least now become aware of something's going on and, you know, for parents and families of people that are in those situations at schools or whatever, they want to know what the heck's happening. Is, uh, is my family member at risk? So uh, I do encourage uh, companies to have whatever system that they can uh, develop so that if something like that happens, they have a means of getting in contact with everybody that needs to know. Well, you know what? It's just more important now. I think in crisis management, it's always been um, a part of the manager's advice or preparation to be prepared with these lists. Um, you know, I think that the efficiency and the potential for efficiency has increased incrementally um, with social media. Um, before, it was like get your list in order, get your list in order, and mm -hmm. even though it was telephone numbers and right. email addresses, now it's really, you know, you could publicly post information, you know, to your stakeholders and your community with the snap of a finger. And there are public, there are sort of, um, you know, public forums available to help people do this, like 911 ICE, Right. Right. I think that that's, that's important. And then I think the, uh, the charge is then that how do we make the public and how do we make business and other organizations aware that these resources exist so that they can help get the word out? Yeah, I mean, it's, I think that they're still evolving, um, you know, themselves. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, they, because it's really new to these public resources as well. Right, and... and we know that technology moves so fast that they'll get something, and then before you know it, the next generation is up, and they're wondering, well, we should we do that? And the compatibility issues that come up. And we have that in our emergency management network in this area where they're dealing with it, but the non-compatibility of a couple systems. So you've got the first responders out there, and they can't communicate with one another if they're, let's say, across county lines or something because they have two different systems. That's something that they're, they're working on, and that needs to be addressed. Well, I think that's where we move into the 3.0 mode, where, you know, hopefully mobile communication is supposed to 
you know, be the next best thing to being system-wide and system-applicable. Right. It's, uh, again, by, by doing that pre-planning of saying what are the, some of the things that we could face here, and, and especially on a regional basis where it's not just localized, that what are the best options for us? What do we have available? Uh, so that, again, people aren't blocked down. And we also know that there's challenges, too, in some of these disasters where you don't have cell phone coverage or there's some other interruption of the, the technology or, heaven forbid, what happens if there's some kind of crash on the Internet? The vulnerability, right. I'm going to go back to you said that, you know, about vulner- everybody is vulnerable. And I don't know, of course, I think we're probably not told a lot of it, but I question, Cindy, whether or not we're doing enough due diligence on our true vulnerability well, no, I from think the that, technology standpoint. You know, well, I, I, I do. I, um, I think that people are constantly trying to um, make things better through wireless communication mm-hmm. and a lack of dependability on the bigger um, systems just in case anything goes awry and having contingency systems. And I think that's what wireless and mobile communication is supposed to achieve one day. Um, You know, if one platform, you know, goes down or if one system goes down, having contingency systems, particularly in the case of an emergency. And I... You know, I, I guess you're right. Are we doing enough? I think that everybody's researching it and trying mm-hmm. to make it better. I just don't think that we're 100% there yet. No, it's, it's a work in, in progress, and I think what's most encouraging is that, that they are working working on it, and, of course, we always want the answers right away. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> the best that you could do is just prepare your list and definitely what you had mentioned before, have your teams in order. Um, because if you have a crisis team in order, which includes, you know, social media counsel and social media plans and social media contacts, um, you know, you're, you're much more likely to be ahead of the game no matter what really happens because, you know, at least you have your micro lists in order. Right. Um, you know, right. until, you know, wireless systems become foolproof. I mm-hmm. think that's the best thing that anybody could do. I just want to, like, we're, we're coming to the end of the show, too. I want to give a tip to individuals um, in terms of reputation management. I mean, I know I'm going back and forth between mm-hmm. individuals and natural disasters, but, you know, it's all communication. Um, using tools like LinkedIn is really a great way to protect yourself from image attacks because if you have 50 really, really great recommendations on LinkedIn, I mean, you're really, you're really kind of shielding yourself from a potential attack. Uh, yeah, I agree. And I like, I like LinkedIn. I'm very active on, on LinkedIn. And those recommendations can go far because if something comes out of the blue and somebody will, again, I encourage them to research this, they look and say, wait a minute, this person has all these positive recommendations and we know no one has a, you know, a completely clean uh, reputation per se, but, you know, hey, this is, this is an outlier here. Something's going on here. Uh, I'm going to do some further checking because I think this is out of character. No, well, exactly right. And so anybody really has the potential. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not talking, I'm talking about regular 
business people, you know, have the capability of putting the good news out before, you know, the bad news might come in. And it's public and, you know, people know that it's public and it really is a nice way to, you know, sort of build a shield. Right. And, and we have a LinkedIn page, and we encourage many of our clients, as we're talking to them, to, that they should really think about this as part of their overall communications plan, marketing plan, et cetera, because it is a – and it, to me, it's a respected forum. Well, you know, I, 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 just, I, don't, I, I think that Twitter is respected. I, you know, I think that they're all respected. I think that, you know, in terms of the larger social media – um, platforms. I just think that LinkedIn is a little bit more business oriented. Yes, than the other. I, I, agree. I agree. I mean, you know, in terms of respected, I mean, you know, they they really are all public forums, and what a person might say, you know, on one platform, you know, has the same kind of, you know, might have the same kind of impact than any other platform. It's just that LinkedIn is definitely geared for business. Well, we have to really wrap up because we have one more minute. Any last words, Glenn? Well, I think the, the best advice always is, is be prepared, think ahead, uh, have your team together, as uh, Cindy just mentioned a, a, a few moments ago, and so that uh, when a disaster or crisis strikes, you're in a much better position to uh, deal with the crisis as well as uphold and enhance your reputation. Well, there you go. Well, listen, everybody be safe, get protected, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, um, Glenn, thank you for giving us the hour. We really appreciate that. And thank you, Cindy. It was great being on your show once again. Okay. Well, you take care. You too. Bye, everybody. Be safe. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next Thursday and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. See you next week. I am an American idol. I've got synthetic dissolve. I kill my mama to get out on screen. I am a death row psycho. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.